Isaiah 53, by his wounds we are healed. He was pierced for our transgressions and the punishment that brought us peace was laid on him. So what is healed? What are the wounds that need healing? Well, the punishment that brought us peace was laid on him, the punishment of sin. That needs healing and indeed we're healed. But there's more. You see, our souls need healing. And today we go to the Lord of the Sabbath and we find healing for our souls along with that forgiveness. As a matter of fact, it comes from that forgiveness. And what needs healing in our souls? Well, how about this? Healing for a hurried and harried life. Healing from, I've got so much to do. How will I ever get it done? Healing from pursuing, chasing that list that's never completed and maybe that sense of if I could just do a little more, then, well, then it would be better. Maybe I would be better. Maybe if I do more, I am more. Healing from souls that echo that, that echo, I'll never be enough because I don't do enough. Healing that brings joy, that brings laughter, that brings delight. Sabbath healing. And that's healing of the soul that flows from a Sabbath wholeness that Jesus offers to us. Throughout our Lenten journey, we see more clearly what Jesus has done to, by his wounds, we are healed. And as Pastor Mark described last week, that his wounds were given him because he claimed to be God, albeit he was God. But he was inflicted for those wounds for the sake of our sin that says, well, wait a minute, I kind of like uh, being my own God or at least making up my own gods, following my own idols, if you will. So in this series, I would like to look at some of the idols that are underneath in our soul that we are giving credence to that surface in ways that rob us of life and produce that kind of sin that is so destructive. And these idols buried in the soul, well, when they're exposed and brought before Jesus, his wounds, well, they heal. And today, they heal in the area of Sabbath, Sabbath wholeness, because Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath. So let's talk about Sabbath. Why, why is Sabbath is important? What is Sabbath? If we go to Exodus 20, um, in which the Debarim, the ten words, the, the covenant of the law was given to the people of Israel. It described who they are to be as God's people. And this is what it says in the third commandment as 
They're called to a sacred rest on a holy day that God has set aside. Verse 8, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Now, six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath. It's a Sabbath. You know what that means? Stop. The seventh day is a stop. Hey, by the way, do you have a hard time stopping on your Sabbath? Now, I'm not sure what day of the week your Sabbath is. People can arrange it in any number of places. I'll just call it Sunday for these purposes. But do you have a hard time saying stop to things like chores, to-do lists, emails? Uh, Perhaps this issue of stop and find rest is one of the most critical spiritual issues we have in our church because, I'm sorry, I'm at the front of the line on this, but we do it so poorly, don't we? Oh, but the Lord of the Sabbath calls us into a life with Him that heals whatever it is that underneath drives us to being doing, 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 working, working, working. We are in a work-addicted culture more than any other time in history. It's all about doing more and more and more. By the way, in the 1950s, they did a little survey because they were having all these new conveniences that were going to make life easier. Something that washes your dishes for you? What? What do you do with your kids? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> my, my, my mom once said, yeah, I have, a, I have a 16-year-old dishwasher. And they said, what? Yeah, he's right over there. <laughs> but you know what they said? That by the time we are using all these technologies of convenience, the average work week is going to be under 30 hours. Is that what happened? It went the other way. Because the issue isn't external, it's internal. It's a matter of trying to keep filling more and more here. Let's get to that today. When we look at the Sabbath and we see why it's important, we see that as God gave that covenant of the law to his people and said, keep the Sabbath He went on to cite creation. Because in creation, God worked. And each day, after each creation, what did he say after it? It is good. It is good. It is good. Day six, when he completed it all, he said what? It is very good. And then he created A sacred day, a Sabbath, a Sabbath rest. And he rested from his work. Because he was tired? Of course not. But because it was completed. And there's something wonderful about completion and enjoying that. And enjoying the God who made it. Now, There's a second giving of the law in Deuteronomy, and in Deuteronomy 4, again, it gives the uh, commandment of remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. But in this one, it says, you and all your household and even your slaves must keep this day sacred and holy to the Lord because you once were slaves in Egypt. 
And it cites that as a reason to find rest. So it's not only because God has created us and created rest for us to enjoy what he's made around us, but he creates rest because he has purchased us for himself. And this is a sacred time to enjoy that. Yes, to celebrate that. Luke chapter 6, in the reading that is, or in the section right before our reading today, Jesus runs up against the Pharisees on the issue of the Sabbath. And not keeping the Sabbath, that accusation was one of the reasons why Jesus was put to death. It was that serious to the religious leaders. And the reason is they knew that if they as a people did not keep all the rules, especially of the Sabbath, and the Sabbath was what distinguished the Hebrew people from all the other cultures. Everyone else is going seven days a week. No, uh -uh, this is new. This is different. And if they did not keep this well, again, they would be taken into captivity for being disobedient. So they had all so many ways to make sure they kept it well. Luke 6, verse 1 One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields and his disciples began to pick up some of the heads of the grain and rubbing them in their hands to eat the kernels. And some of the Pharisees asked, well, why are you doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? And you see, they have uh, the rule of the halakha, which is kind of their handbook, if you will, of all the rules of how to keep the uh, dietary laws of not working. And that was a X. You can't do that. Um, that was their interpretation. So why are you doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? And then Jesus answered them. Get this. Have you ever read what David did when he and his companions were hungry. He entered the house of God and taking the consecrated bread. So he's referring back to 1 Samuel 21. When David was being pursued by Samuel, he was tired and exhausted. He went into the tabernacle, even into the holy place, places where you would not ever have someone other than a priest eat those items. They're all offerings and sacred to the Lord. But he did the sacred showbread and he gave it to his, uh, his followers. And God did not strike him down. He entered the house of God and taking the consecrated bread, he ate what is lawful only for the priest to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Then Jesus said to them, the son of man is Lord of the Sabbath. Wow. More about that later, but notice this. Jesus is pointing out that this ceremonial law had a time when it was appropriate to do something different. Meaning that because of this situation, because of David's dire circumstances, it need not be followed in that exact way. And I think that's significant. What does that say about the ceremonial law? It's provisional. It might change. That's important to us because do we need to keep the Sabbath on the same day that the Hebrews did? By the way, when do you start the day? Pastor Greg had a good question there. The Hebrews would say on Friday night. That's when the day starts. 
That's because in creation, in, in the, the first day was evening and morning, the first day. So they numbered it from the evening on. And Sabbath was from Friday night to sunset to uh, Saturday night at sunset. Does it have to be that way for us? No. Because that's a ceremonial law. Now, there are others, uh, uh, moral laws, that just because you're pressed for time doesn't mean it's okay to go steal something. That's a whole different matter. But Jesus points this out so that he can get to the bigger point. And here's the bigger point underneath it all, because you're missing the point. If it's only about following rules, you're missing the point. The Sabbath is, is it's, it's, it's made to bless you. You're not made for the rules. You're made to be blessed by it. And this is how it's blessing you. Then Jesus said to them, the son of, the man, the son of man is Lord of the Sabbath. So, this is blasphemy to them. And these Pharisees and other religious leaders who outwardly were keeping the Sabbath, inwardly were breaking that rest with God, were the ones who would arrest and be responsible for crucifying our Lord. But wait, maybe we are culpable as well. For it is our breaking of the Sabbath that he goes to the cross as well. So let's pause on that. Do we also break the Sabbath? And how or why do we do that? Does anyone else struggle with this keeping the Sabbath day sacred? This is hard. It takes discipline, especially since you're going against a whole culture on it. And it will cost you. Oh, but it's a delight. Cheryl and I were talking about this through the seasons because this has been a struggle for us. And the way I count my Sabbath is Saturday night all the way through Sunday night. But I get Sunday night too and also Monday morning because uh, uh, Sunday morning sometimes it's, it's worship, but sometimes it's a little bit of work too. Um, so I give myself some bonus time. We, 10 years ago, uh, were building a house in Louisville. So we were working that in between the schedule. You know how you try to do too much? We're masters at that. So uh, we'd get, I'd sometimes get up real early in the morning to get there and work on the house. So and then I could go to work and then work at night. But we still had to learn that on that Sabbath day, don't work. Let it be a refreshment in the Lord. And there's some other ways we keep that. And it, it just kept us filled so we could go through the, the challenge of that season. Now, some of the reasons why we're so busy, I believe that we have underneath the surface various idols. And uh, these idols might be in these forms. I have an idol of my family. Now, families are good things, but when family gets to be the main thing that is going to give me significance, give me meaning, and be the center purpose of my life, no, that's God's place. 
And when the idol is my family, and I try to find all my needs met, th met there, my family can actually be what gets in the way of me taking time with God in worship. The idol of money. I had one of my members told me, whatever you earn on Sunday, you lose on Monday. I, I think it's true. <laughs> but isn't it so easy? Just one more thing. Or one more thing with my job. Or if I don't do this extra bit, I'm not going to get ahead. Guess what, folks? Sometimes it's worth not getting ahead. Money is a wonderful gift. The love of money is a cruel God. Don't let it take you out of Sabbath. The idol of success. Do more. Be more. Be competent. And what will happen if I don't respond to those emails on Sunday night? Will people think I'm slacking? What about my appearance of success? The idol of pleasure. Hobbies, wonderful thing. Golf, I'm horrible at it. But it's fun. But when golf becomes more important than time in worship, it can become an idol. Now, I will say this. All of us need avocation. That's not just our vocation. We need those places that we go to replenish and that's why those are so important. They're gifts from God. And if you're a fisherman if, for a business, your avocation would not be fishing. It'd be something else. But whether it's your job, your vocation, or your avocation, it should not be in the place of an idol that would pull you away from that central time that you have with God in worship and also around your whole thanksgiving of Sabbath day. The idol of recognition, proving myself. Um, Rocky won. They asked Rocky Balboa, so why, why do you want to do this? Why are you working so hard? And his response, so I can go the distance, so I can just prove that I'm not a bum. And I'm wondering if underneath that reality surfaces or exposes for all of us a sense of, oh no, what must I do to get right in my soul that I won't be a bum? Well, the Lord of the Sabbath says, I have just what you need. He says this, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 9. There then remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from his own work, rests from his own busyness, rests from his own doing so that he might rest in what God has done. What has he done? Jesus on the cross was restless. He writhed in pain. He arched and 
shouted and cried out because all the sin of our Sabbath breaking was laid on him. But after it was born, after his wounds were completed, what did he say? It is finished. And that is the very words that God used to describe us entering the Sabbath rest because we are celebrating it is finished. Creation, it is finished. Freedom from slavery, it is finished. A life with him. Put into the empty tomb on what night? When? Before sunset, because sunset began Sabbath, Sabbath rest. It's appropriate that the change that happens, the healing that happens, comes as we have trust in Jesus, faith, and with that also repentance so that we can take that healing on ourselves. So at this time, let us join together in a confession and absolution. By his wounds we are healed. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess to you that we have broken your commandments by our own thoughts, words, and deeds. We have failed to find our rest in you and have lived in disobedience to your commandment to worship you as our own true God. We have not loved our brothers and sisters as we ought and we have not cared for your creation. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and give us the healing power of your love that we may walk again in your ways and live to the glory of your holy name. Amen. God is gracious and merciful and he desires that we be made free of the burden of our sins through Jesus Christ who bore the cross for our sake and for the sake of the whole world there is healing, hope, and life. Your sins are forgiven. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. In each of these petitions after I say in your mercy the congregation is invited to respond, Heal us, O God. Lord, we give you thanks that our souls, bruised by hurry and haste, souls who have not been replenished by the Sabbath rest made available for us, that these souls, O oh God, would be filled by the power of resting in you and the joy of your presence in our life 
For you are Lord of the Sabbath who fills our rest. In your mercy, heal us, O God. Gracious Lord, we give to you our souls that need healing because we have been bruised by loss, the loss of loved ones, um, those whom we miss and you've called home. We need your healing touch. We need your comfort. Lord, we ask that your soul, your healing touch would be on our souls as we also mourn the loss of relationship and ways that they have been broken and bruised. And by your healing touch, O oh Lord, you would also restore them to life once again. In your mercy, heal us, O oh God. And finally, O oh Lord, our souls that have too often lived in the shallow areas of just glossing over a life with you instead of digging deeply and richly by carving out a special time that is filled with celebration of you, time that's filled with blank space where we simply... Um, leave space for thoughts of you. Time that's filled with a thankfulness, seeing everything around us as a gift from you. Time of Sabbath rest given us from the Lord of the Sabbath himself. In your mercy, heal us, O oh God. All of these prayers we give you in the name of Jesus who has taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.